0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, Housing Authority to add appeal process. Council asks von Sprecken to recuse on Diamond Ridge. Mariana's dark romance. And a mountain weather forecast. But first, our area lost a member of its community this week. Zachary Schwartz was found dead in his mountain village condo on Monday morning. Schwartz grew up in Indiana, and his love of skiing inspired him to move to Telluride after high school. Here, he taught at the children's ski school and pursued his interests in music and photography. Schwartz was 20 years old. The case is under investigation. He is survived by his four grandparents his brothers Jake, Nathan, and Eric, and his parents Lynn and John. The town of Telluride is moving swiftly to formalize a process for tenants of its affordable housing who are facing non-renewal, being asked to leave their apartments. Town is currently working on a broader overhaul of its rental policies, says Ali Slayton, who works on Telluride's legal team.
1: This appeal process is going to be a part of that document when it is finalized, but that is several months out. The appeal
0: portion, says Slayton, is getting fast-tracked.
1: There was at least one specific situation that the subcommittee has in mind in going ahead and getting this piece of that policy
0: Um, implemented now. The specific situation Slayton refers to at a meeting of the Telluride Housing Authority earlier this week stems from a February 7th meeting of the THA subcommittee. During that meeting, a family facing non-renewal of their Sunnyside lease came forward during public comment to ask they be allowed to stay and claim town's request they move out was unfair. The family came forward during public comment because, explained Slayton, when it comes to town rental policies, There There
1: are no exceptions to those policies. They are what they are. There can be more flexibility To see if there is another avenue to get someone qualified, to move them into a different unit, whatever it might be, um, without a formal, say,
0: exception. Unlike for owners of deed-restricted town properties, renters have few options for due process. Members of the public who attended the THA subcommittee meeting in early February recall to Koto News the meeting became emotional as the family requested the town revisit the situation. They brought with them community members who testified on their behalf. Some in the audience spoke up and said the lack of due process in town codes was discriminatory. This week, the Telluride Housing Authority Committee, which is comprised of all members of town council, met in order to address those concerns and put an appeal process in place. When it comes to that appeal process, says Sleeton,
1: option A is an appeal option to the full THA board. So that is not the subcommittee. That would be
0: people appealing
1: directly to you.
0: Those meetings are public and says town
2: manager Scott Robson. We certainly have worries around the privacy of individuals, um, circumstances, if it were to go to THA. And I also worry about you as counselor, THA members of the volume <clears throat> of uh, requests that would come in front of you taking up um, you know time within these council meetings.
0: It might be a better option to find a more efficient, less public process for someone appealing a town decision about their lease, Robson suggests. Council members considered having the town manager, Robson himself, consider the appeals. Here's council member Ashley von Sprecken.
3: As long as we all feel that our rules are just and in good standing and that we we stand by them, then I would say that I would feel more comfortable with it being something that Scott could deal with at, at a
0: town manager level. Council member Dan Enright counters as elected officials. They should maybe show up to hear their constituents. He adds, If I were in the shoes
2: of an appellant, I, I think that it would feel the most fair from that circumstance to talk to the representatives of the community, the elected officials that you have more of a chance to interact with.
0: Council members devise a sort of hybrid approach. It works like this. Anyone who's told by town housing staff that their lease will not be renewed will have two weeks to appeal that decision, at which point it will be considered by the town manager. If the manager upholds the non-renewal decision, the tenant then has two more weeks to appeal to the Telluride Housing Authority and convince two THA members, elected officials, that their case deserves to be considered by the entire board. THA will then meet publicly to go over the appeal. At any given time, town is handling some 5 to 10 different lease non-renewals, with reasons ranging from non-payment of rent to marshals repeatedly being called to a unit to reports of smoking in the apartment. In all, the appeals could add more than a month to the non-renewal process, delaying those who are sitting on town wait lists waiting for housing. But, says Councilmember Geneva Seanette, that delay feels worth it.
1: We are going to work with our residents and we
0: are going to give our residents due process and so if it's an extra four weeks i mean i'm willing to take the trade off town staff will formally draft language around the appeal process and bring it forward for a vote at the next meeting of the housing authority much of the morning at this week's town council was conducted behind closed doors Council entered an executive session, which is closed to the public in order to discuss legal matters surrounding their hundred and five acres of property at Diamond Ridge, co-owned with San Miguel County. The last time Council entered an executive session to talk Diamond Ridge, Council member Ashley von Sprecken recused herself, citing a personal conflict of interest. At the time, von Sprecken and members of her family were involved in active litigation against the town over the property. At this Tuesday's meeting, town attorney Kevin Geiger asks Von Sprecken about those relationships.
2: Your one aunt through her LLCs,
0: another aunt through an LLC, and then your mother's LLCs and your own personal interest have been involved in litigation against the town pertaining to the Diamond Ridge property. Is that right? Yes,
3: we had previously been involved with litigation okay. in regards to the diamond ridge property.
0: Well that was then, says Von Sprecken. This is now. Since December, those lawsuits brought by Von Sprecken's family have ended, and she sent a letter to her fellow council members asking that she be invited back into the Diamond Ridge decision-making process. Her continued exclusion, she argues, would be an act of suppression.
3: Myself, my family, our entities are no longer engaged in these cases, and they have, for all intents and purposes, been resolved. My concern is is if the lawsuits have been resolved and the feeling is that I'm still not allowed to sit in the room, it feels like I am not allowed to sit in the room because of my opinion on something. That is a violation of my freedom of speech, and I would hope that each of you would recognize that.
0: For those not yet familiar, the town's three Diamond Ridge parcels located on Deep Creek Mesa were slated for development into high-density affordable housing by the town and county. The lawsuit brought by von Sprecken, her family members, and dozens of other plaintiffs objected to the development and threw a wrench in those plans. Now, the town and the county faced the question, what to do with the parcels which cost them over $7 million to acquire? The issue, with some calling for a continued pursuit of development and others in the community for the area's preservation as open space, is a contested issue throughout the region. Von Sprecken says people know her stance, and in fact, they elected her to be a voice standing in opposition to development at Diamond Ridge.
3: I've been very clear about my stance, and that has been done publicly, in public forums, with public, you know, input, questions, all of that. I would argue and say that I was elected in part because of my stance and opinion on this specific subject, because it is such a passionate and intense subject.
0: Despite her passionate appeal to be included, other council members are skeptical. Council member Geneva Seanette says all the history still matters. Despite Ashley or her family's names being specifically on the current court proceedings, there is an appearance to a reasonable person of undue impartiality or undue influence based on the history and the the actions that have taken to this point. I think that if you picked anyone familiar with the situation... Uh, in our community. I think that they would not think it was appropriate for Ashley to be sitting in. Mayor Teddy Errico agrees it would be inappropriate to invite von Sprecken back in, but he insists it's not because of her political positions. Rather, he says,
2: I, for one, am trying to look at the facts of our codes and our ethics, and it has nothing to do personally with what your opinion may or may not
0: be, who you are, or or what that circumstance is. Councilmember Mean Fee also looks to the language in town codes.
3: The language that I am most concerned about that is in um, our conflict of interest code is whether the town official would be adversely affected by or benefit from the performance of the official duty in a manner substantially different from the public generally.
0: Pointing to von Sprecken's family interests, property interests, and financial stakes, all of which are entangled with the lands surrounding Diamond Ridge up on Deep Creek Mesa, Fee says von Sprecken must recuse. After nearly 40 minutes of discussion on the topic, members vote unanimously to exclude von Sprecken from decision-making on Diamond Ridge. And with that, council entered executive session, and their discussion moved out of public view. We're slowly moving towards spring, and things are heating up. Local author Aggie Unda Thames is doing her part to help with her new book, Mariana, part of the Latin Lovers Romance series. KOTO's Julia Caulfield spoke with Unda Thames about the book.
1: Aggie, thank you so much for being here. I am thrilled to have your book physically in my hands. This is the second book in the Latin Lovers series, but the first book of Mariana herself. Can
4: you share a little bit about what this book is? Mariana has been in my mind since even before I wrote Sweet and Spicy, which was my first book. So it has just been the characters have been living inside of me and uh, coming to life. It means a lot because it has so many elements that excite me. It's a Day of the Dead. It is now a dark romance, which um, is a little bit of a, a tangent from the contemporary romance from Sweet and Spicy. So it has a lot darker themes and spicier scenes. For folks who maybe aren't
1: romance, isn't the genre that they typically dive into, why should they pick up this book?
4: It really covers a women's journey mariana is not in a good place we can see that in very tiny bits and pieces from the previous book in sweet and spicy that we introduce a character for the first time um, she's not in a good place she has been in a very dark place for several years um, completely heartbroken and it shattered her and she has alcohol is- issues so her her life is very dark right now with alcoholism with uh, self worth um and not believing in in anything positive really so not only it has the romance element, but it is a woman's journey that touches on a lot of culture, which i it's not in in her journey but it, it has a lot of bits and pieces that make the book a lot richer and it has a lot of suspense and thrill. What is it that
1: draws you to writing romance? You also, you're a, a prolific writer in other genres as well. What is it that um, you really enjoy about this genre of writing?
4: Romance is a part of human beings. Um, for some, it might be the main uh, like motor engine or thing that drives you for others it may not but it is an element that exists um in our lives so i like to to tap into uh that element which is in a part um something that sometimes can break us like in the case of mariana um But at the same time, it can uh, just make us unstoppable.
1: Was there a part of writing this book that you just either a character or a scene or a whole plot line that was just like so juicy, you couldn't put your pen down or I'm assuming probably more keyboard (laughs) um, that just like you were so excited about seeing it go through?
4: Oh, yes. Many of them. I mean... Um, there is there is a scene where she puts on her Katrina makeup and it was just so, so beautiful because I had seen images of what I wanted to recreate or bits and pieces from other makeups and just... Um, how it flowed while I was writing it I couldn't go fast enough because I I didn't want to lose um, what I was seeing or thinking Uh, and of course when I reread it it pretty much made (laughs) no sense but that's what editing is for. Aggie thank you so much for coming
1: in and, and sharing your new book with us and we're excited to see what you have coming
4: up next. Thank you so much for having me again.
0: That was author Aggie Undatames speaking about her new book, Mariana. Undatames will be hosting a book launch and signing at the Between the Covers bookstore on Friday, February 23rd at 5 p.m. It's fashion week, y'all. The Telluride Aid's benefit is moments away. The Saturday show is sold out, but at time of broadcast deadline, there are still some precious tickets available for Friday's Main Stage Gala event. And you can sneak a ticket to the Sneak Peek show on Thursday the 22nd. That's 7 p.m. at the Conference Center in Mountain Village. Round out your weekend with a visit to a pop-up sale with work from featured designers at the Madeline Hotel. That's open daily now through Sunday the 25th, 10 to 6 each day. Stop by the AHA School for a sample sale on Monday the 26th, and don't miss the after parties. DJ TJ takes over the Sheridan Opera House Saturday, 10.30 till late. Get all the details at tellurideaidsbenefit.org. The Colorado Department of Transportation is working to address record levels of pedestrian fatalities recorded in 2023. Pedestrians now account for almost 20% of roadway deaths. And while cars are getting safer, the state is seeing more and more walkers being struck and killed. Pedestrian fatalities have doubled in the last decade. They surged again last year. CDOT is informing drivers that most of those fatalities... Over three quarters occur after dark. Once dusk has fallen, drivers should take extra care, especially in pedestrian heavy areas, such as Telluride in Mountain Village. Even simple solutions, such as coming to a full stop at all intersections and strictly observing town speed limits, could prevent a tragedy. Even as we celebrate longer days and head towards more sunlight in the Box Canyon, it's important to stay diligent when driving after dusk, and at all times. The Colorado House of Representatives passed a bill Tuesday that would increase privacy around biometric data. Biometrics are physical or behavioral measurements, like facial recognition or fingerprints, that can be used to identify or describe someone. Under the bill, companies or individuals that collect biometric data would have to destroy it within a year or sooner. They would also have to inform customers that their data is being collected. The bill received unanimous bipartisan support in the House and now faces debate in the Senate. State lawmakers are considering new protections for transgender students. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods reports they're moving forward with a bill that would require schools to use a student's chosen name. Under the bill, it would be considered discrimination if a school refuses to use a student's preferred name.
3: Supporters say the measure is necessary to protect transgender students from being forcibly outed. Elizabeth Williams is the parent of a transgender son who goes to school in El Paso County. She testified in support of the bill and said one of her son's teachers refused to use his preferred name. And it affected his mental health and his ability to actually even attend that class. And when you have a teacher that doesn't respect you, um, you just don't want to show. Williams said the bill would also protect the rights of parents who accept and affirm their
0: transgender kids. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. The bill was introduced by the legislature's Youth Advisory Committee. It passed through Legislative Committee last week and now moves to debate on the House floor. Black Soldiers of Utah is an exhibit on display at the West Valley Art Center in West Valley City. It showcases the often untold history of black soldiers and veterans and how they've contributed to Utah's history. KRCL's Laura Jones and Nick Burns sat down with Robert Birch of the Sama Hadithi Foundation, which organized the exhibit, to hear why it matters and share some of the stories.
2: One of the things you're doing here, and I think it's really good that you can join us. I know you've been on the show before, so thank you. But, you know, here are these two black newspapers in Utah. That's the kind of history you're exposing, right? There's so much about blacks, not only in Utah, but throughout the Intermountain West and probably throughout the world, but especially talking about Utah today. These histories are either deliberately hidden or made invisible through white history that's just kind of overwritten, so it seems yes. to me you've got this amazing project that's unending to sort of unpack that, unpack yeah. the hidden histories.
5: Yeah, and, and we're trying to work toward that along with the Utah Historical Society, the University of Utah, and other folks, because it's not just that these stories are hidden, which they are, or ignored, and I know people don't like that term. Uh, it mm-hmm. has a little social tension to it to to say that you're ignoring a community Uh, But there's also this sense of uh, distrust from the African-American community. And so we want to collect artifacts from the community and stories from the community, but the community has to feel that the people they're giving it to can be trusted. Ah. And And so that's a large part of it as well.
2: And is that, you know, a historical mistrust that so often... The oh, yes. stories of black people were told by white people.
5: Uh, it's part of uh, the, uh, uh, black stories being told by white people, and you know, in the whole thinking about cultural appropriation. But uh, a large part of it is, for instance, what one of the driving forces for creating Same Haditi was that we had huge, powerful organizations in Utah who did collect that history but now refuse to share it oh really and so it oh. ends up being out of our control and so when we want to tell a story then we have to get permission from these people in order to use it And some and, and most times
4: what organizations or folks is it private uh, collections or some
5: of it is private co- collections but pe- places that you wouldn't know uh, brigham young university uh the lds church uh-huh. and stuff like that because Back in the day, and I think I mentioned this just mm-hmm. to you before, the LDS Church was the organization collecting all of the history, not just Latter-day Saint history, but just state history, yeah. state records and things of that nature. And, and then so, controlling the
2: narrative by controlling, controlling by. access to the yeah, those exactly. archives, Nick. And that's something that, you know, I've lived here for 25 years, but the first few years I lived here, nobody talked about Brigham Young and what he said about slavery and all, you know, right. that was kind of just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
5: and there has been this, this idea of creating this mythological perception of what Zion is, hmm. and so, of course, creating that, uh, perception by the LDS church, there was necessarily narrative that didn't fit that meaning, larger narrative that they were Meaning to that create. people
2: like you didn't fit the narrative?
5: Meaning that the stories around people like me okay. didn't fit the narrative.
2: So individuals could maybe fit if you were appropriately LDS. Right. But the bigger story... Yeah, not so much.
5: Not so much. And so that's why so huh. many people don't know about slavery or, or that uh, Utah came into the Union? country mm-hmm. as a slave, a slave holding yeah. state.
4: All right. So this exhibit you have going on now mm-hmm. at the Utah Cultural Celebration Center, you call it Fathers of Freedom, Utah's Black Veterans. Mm-hmm. Tell us about some of the stories that you share. In that.
5: Uh, as you said, we, we, we tried to break it up into sections. Part of it is stories about affinity groups because when you look at the veterans in utah you have this group of veterans that are part of the divine nine you have this group of veterans that are the actually general leadership of hill air force base you have this section of actually one family that you know you have a panel of seven soldiers so by by gathering these stories and
4: then exhibiting them Mm -hmm. it's Showing and telling, in essence, that yes. folks of color, black people in particular, are part of Utah's history. Yes, And so you're not just looking for, you know, the presidents of this or that. You're talking about real
5: people's stories. Right, and that's why we're called St. and that is why he leads tell the
0: story. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with a low around 20 degrees. Expect snow to taper off on Thursday morning, giving way to partly sunny skies in a high in the mid-30s, followed by a partly cloudy night with a low around 15 degrees. Expect the sun to be out on Friday with a high near 40 degrees. Friday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 20. This has been the news for Wednesday, February 21st. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. On Thursdays in February, we've been playing Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Regional Roundup in place of our regularly scheduled newscast. The Roundup is produced by RIMCOR editor Maeve Conran, who brings us a preview of this week's show.
2: On the latest episode of the Regional Roundup, We'll hear about black history in Colorado.
0: What was it about Colorado that
3: drew so many African-Americans here compared to neighboring states?
2: A Dene musician captures the sounds of the Southwest.
3: I like to create music just
0: with instruments, like a bass or guitar, found sounds and stuff like that. And
2: one of the largest gatherings of scientists happened
3: recently in Colorado. You have some of the preeminent research institutions all within a 100-mile radius of here.
2: That's the regional roundup from Rocky Mountain Community Radio. Thursday at 6 on KOTO.
0: Our full newscast schedule will return next week. And now, a personal commentary.
6: Hello, San Miguel County Republicans. This is Harley Brook Hitching telling you about our caucuses. Our Republican caucuses are honored and a tradition and will be held on March 8 at 6 p.m. at Norwood Town Hall, immediately followed by convening our San Miguel County Assembly. This year's Republican presidential primary in Colorado is facing unprecedented opposition to our voting rights, and San Miguel County Republicans are making unprecedented changes to our caucus procedures. We're centralizing the caucus dialogue. We need all of you there um, instead of individual precincts. The change will allow for discussion and participation on a much larger scale. Individual precinct voting will be maintained, followed by our county assembly with delegates elected from the individual caucus voting. We'll see you at our caucuses and assembly on March 8, 2024, 6 p.m., Norwood Town Hall. If you have a question, please ring me, Harley Brookitching 970-729-0410. Thank you.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.